wonderful to be back at Harvest Baptist Church. And my, what a crowd we have here today. Uh, I hope everybody, is my mic on? Yes. Thank you. I hope everybody is feeling just as good as you look. <laughs> I asked somebody that not long ago. I said, do you think I could be feeling as good as I look? He said, why don't we just call 911? But anyway, uh, you know, we're just glad that you're here today and we're hoping, hoping for a good blessing from the Lord. I certainly need it and perhaps you do as well. Thank you, Brother Marty, for allowing me to come and be with you. And again, thank you for the beautiful singing there in the choir and or the church the special music and uh, all that participated and the brother playing the piano. I just marvel at people that have talent like that. There's no way one person should have that kind of talent. And, uh, but it's good and I appreciate it so much. And uh, I want to get right into our message today. I'm kind of like the guy... The lady looked at him and she told this fellow, she said, I think... You've got your saddle on backwards. And he said, how do you know which way I'm going? So uh, I'm trying to find out which way I'm going today. And I've had several messages on my heart. But I think I may have settled on one. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter number uh, 3. And I believe it's around... Verse number seven. I believe that's verse number seven. Second Timothy three and seven. I'm just going to read one verse to you. The preceding verses are talking about the deception that will be in the last days. But verse seven says, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Our Heavenly Father, help us to be at our best for you today. May we brag on you. In Jesus' name we ask it, and amen. The Bible tells us that God, through his prophets, provides signs of the times. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for not knowing and recognizing the prophetic signs of the Messiah's first coming. It was therefore reasonable for Christ's disciples to ask him, what shall be the sign of thy coming? In response, Christ gave a number of signs that would herald the nearness of his second coming. The very first sign he offered was religious deception. And he emphasized this sign above all others. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall shew great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Christ is not referring to this worldwide deception coming from revival religions 
such as Buddhism, Hinduism, or Islam. The false Christ and false prophets are professing Christians insomuch as they claim to have done miracles in Christ's name. Not only do these false prophets deceive others, but they also seem themselves to be deceived. These false Christs could include some contemporary religious leaders who major in the miraculous. I believe as never before, our message today is will be this, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I had not used this illustration until lately. I used it the other night. Brother Schott will remember it. I did just, I don't know what brought it to my mind. I believe God did. When I look at the word educate, that E is a Latin preposition meaning from. That's what exit means, you go from. Extemporaneous means you're speaking from. The word do you see is the Latin nominative. That means to lead. You're leading people from, hopefully, ignorance to understanding. Now, I, I've got a message today that I believe that two of the greatest arsenals that we face today, and I want you to get this, are not necessarily from our missiles or, or the military stockpile. The two weapons that we should dread more than any other weapons, I believe, one is the weapon of ignorance, and secondly is the weapon of apathy, not caring. I've used this illustration many times, and some folk, times folks will laugh about it. Like the teacher that asked the little boy, she said, Timmy, could you tell me the difference between ignorance and apathy? And he said, teacher, I don't know and I don't care. And I kind of think that may be where we are today. You see, I think there's more of an emphasis upon education than there has ever been. In Indiana, the predominant part of our state budget is for public education. The property taxes there are the basis for education. Education was started way back in there. Uh, maybe with the Morrell Act of 1862 with land-grant colleges. And then they came along in the, or before that, we had the Land Ordinance Act of 1785 in which the government designated Section 16, that would be 640 acres, that the proceeds from that would be for schools. Our founding fathers believed very much in education. Jefferson's books made up the first library of Congress. He loved to read. He couldn't do without his books. Jefferson was a smart man, but oftentimes he even lived beyond his means. Literary works. I mean, we've had some great literature. I love literature. I love to read the classics. I do. Uh, I love reading after some of the New England poets up here like Robert Frost or The Road Not Taken, Two Woods Diverged in a Road, and I took the one less traveled, and it's made all the difference. 
And I like stuff like that. I like Samuel Taylor Coleridge, the rhyme of the ancient mariner and how that he interrupts a man on the way to a wedding. And his oratory is so good, the man speaking, that the wedding guest misses the wedding. But he tells him some great natural truths. I like to study and read after good people. I, I guess maybe you do. I like biography especially. I like to read after people. But what I'm trying to get to you is this. I believe it was Pat Buchanan in this book called The Death of the West. He said in half a lifetime, many Americans have seen their God dethroned, their values assaulted, their country invaded, and themselves demonized as bigots and extremists for holding on to beliefs that Americans have held for generations. You know, I, this is not a put down to my parents at all, but I was just, we were reared pretty much, we didn't have any money. My mother and dad, I'm the baby of the family. All I have are uh, half-brothers and sisters. I'm doing a book called It's Always a Struggle, but Brother Marty was asking me, I, I've been privileged. I told them this yesterday. I've been privileged. I never, there was never any expectation of us getting any kind of a degree. I've been on television since 1982. On, this is my 45th year in radio. And just a little old guy with parents from Kentucky. My mother didn't know anything about parts of speech. She had never studied the etymological derivation of words. She didn't know anything about prepositions or conjunctions or dangling participles, and I know that you all do. <laughs> See, he's already getting a thesaurus out over here, this good brother over here, and I salute him today. But you see, we, we, we weren't new to the, to the culture. I've told them that we didn't know anything about pasta. We never had spaghetti and meatballs. We never did growing up. It was just like fried pork chops, pinto beans, cornbread and taters. Seem like I'm being blessed already. Now, I'm here to tell you, I feel privileged, privileged, most of the people in my mother and dad's era, a lot of them never got out of the state. Some of them never got out of the county in which they grew up. And here, by the good grace of God, I've been in several foreign countries in every state in the nation. What a blessing that God has given to me. And there's no need for me to sound narcissistic or egotistical. It's all because of what God has done, Miss Sony. It's all because of God that one day I could go in. Amen. I'm glad for that, aren't you, today? Amen. See, I'm here. I had no expectation that I'd be up here in New Hartford, Connecticut. What would make me think that I could come up here? I know you and I talk just a little bit differently. Uh, and I'm not opposed to you working in the yard all you want to. <laughs> and I know that hard work it goes with this area here. But I'm saying, isn't it amazing what we have learned? 
what we have learned. And I've got to get to my message. I only have a few minutes. What have we learned as a nation? Have we learned that God is still God and besides him there is none other? Who would have ever believed that we would get to the point in time to where that we would think that there was no God? How did we get here? How did the chromosome split up like 23 to 23? How did all of that come together? Solomon said there were four things, Brother Shot, that he could not comprehend. The way of a man with a maiden, an eagle in the air, a ship upon the sea, and a serpent upon the rock. There are certain things. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. Now, I want to challenge you here today this. I want to say something, and I'm not Calvinist. Please don't ever think that. I'm the farthest thing from it. But God saw you here today. Wait, just a minute. I love this guy right here. God saw you here today before the first bird ever chirped in the Garden of Eden. Did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurs to God? God never has plan B. One of the greatest songs that I've ever heard written, my wife, we've soon be married 57 years. God bless her. When we got married, the preacher told me, he said, this marriage will be for better or for worse. My wife said, yeah, you couldn't have done better. Doubt if I could have done worse. <laughs> but one of the greatest songs ever written, Charles Wycuff wrote this song. And I'm gonna just give you the words. He said, the wonder of wonders as she looked on his face, meaning Jesus, that this little boy spoke the worlds in their place. The stars and the moon shining brightly on them, the earth and the sun, praise God, were created by him. The wonder of wonder, oh boy, this is good. As she looked down and smiled that he was her maker as well as her child. He created the womb that had given him birth. He was God incarnate. Come down to earth. The wonder of wonders. As she heard his small cry. <clears throat> that this little boy's voice had thundered on Mount Sinai. Boy, that ought to make Baptist shout. The small hand she held so tenderly had made a dry path through the mighty Red Sea. Would it be all right if I shouted a little while? I'm here to tell you, what have we learned? Have we learned that there is a God in heaven and one day we'll answer to him? Hebrews 9, 27 said, it's appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. As I saw the beautiful display today and the good singing and I saw Harvest Baptist Church, my heart, seriously, it just kind of resounded and if you'll pardon me, I couldn't help, I couldn't help as those planes were flying to think of my first cousin. I just want to mention him. Wilburn K. Ross, who on 
October the 30th, 1944, at St. Jacques, France, won the Congressional Medal of Honor. Sergeant Alvin C. York came to his reception. We were so proud of Webb. And I almost never see something like that, but my mind doesn't go to him. He was my uncle's son, my Uncle Ned, just born there in a little old little place there. They call uh, over there Stearns, Kentucky, outside there in a little old area that nothing, just dirt roads and all like that. And I got to thinking, what have we learned? Here today, we hear folks that are wanting to defund the police so that if you have a problem at home, the social worker can come and talk to you about it. And when the guy is breaking into your house, just ask him, say, could I bake you an apple pie? Do you like meringue very high? I mean, that machete in your hand. Do you want to cut the pie with it? See, isn't it amazing? What have we learned? We haven't even learned. And the academia, I tell you sometimes, I get put out with it. I really do. Seems like we have enough degrees to look like a thermometer. But I see the academia, the professors, the people that are so erudite and scholarly. They like to hear those words, don't they? And they get to talking about that two billion years ago when the Grand Canyon was formed. I've been there several times. I've yet to see one person that said he was there and witnessed it. And it seems like that everybody that's in favor of abortion has already been born. And if we can't say that a person is dead until the heart stops beating, why can't we say they're alive when it starts beating. We, we've gotten so classic, we, we're so full of ourselves that we think a one-celled amoeba through a mutative process and a random selection ended up with what the scientists call a homo sapiens a thinking being. We think that. And yet, the book tells me that when my members were yet unformed, that he knew me. It never says in the Bible that the woman was pregnant. You know what it says in the Bible? The woman was with child. Mary was with child. It never says, well, that little old fetus. No, no. Isn't it amazing what we have learned? Ever learning. Now we see people that don't even want to say for sure that they're willing to commit to our alliance with Israel. Aren't you so glad that we've moved the embassy under the direction of President Trump from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem? Somebody say amen. It would better for the Lord to be for you and the whole world against you. I know that what I'm saying is not gonna be politically correct. I don't care. 
I don't mean that abrasively, but my good friend Mike Pence says, truth becomes hate to those who hate the truth. Is that not good? See, we put truth on the altar of convenience. What is it convenient? We don't tell, we don't want to tell the truth. That little old newspaper down in my, in, in my uh, mother's country. It, yeah, sis, it was the McCreary County Record. I'm going to try to get you a copy. <laughs> oh, they, they like down there. They've got, they, they really got a good paper down there. They've got a museum down there. They even got a, a zoo. Oh, yeah, they have one chicken. Now, <laughs> But that paper says, hew to the lines of truth and let the chips fall where they may. The man of God was never expected to be politically correct. I'm here to tell you today that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I'm here to tell you today that unless you experience a new birth, you can in no wise enter in, Amen. Jesus Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Praise God. I found myself a sinner one day. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever, I'm, I, you, you answer for yourself. Boy, I've got to preach a while. I'll probably preach till 3.30. <laughs> when Brother Marty told me, he told me not to take my watch, just a calendar. Do you know that you know that you know that you are saved? Praise God. Somebody said, how can I know? Well, we can know if we've trusted Christ. We can know if old things have passed away and all things have become new. That means we lose our desires for the world. It's amazing to me that a lot of people, not I'm sure it's not that way in Connecticut, but in Indiana, We've got church members that the FBI can't find. <laughs> we've had uh, uh, that Solomon from, uh, we've had them looking them up and everything. Nobody can find them. They took this social distancing right to the nth degree. They said, oh, no, we can't go to church. <laughs> you don't want us to get COVID-19, do you? Now, I don't think I can get it down at Walmart, but. And the protesters, they definitely couldn't get it. You go out and burn a building, it's just like you've been insulated. Uh, I mean, you, you could get right next to somebody that's got it all over him. Oh, no, you couldn't ever get it that way. Isn't it amazing today Seems like to me, has common sense died? It has? We've got our, I'm not putting Walmart down, but I went to Walmart the other day. I saw some people. It, it was like freak of the week. They were scary looking. Now tomorrow, I've got to, I'm looking forward to flying home. I'm, I'm going home to my wife tomorrow, I'm telling you. But I know I'm going to be riding with people on there. And I see some on there that don't look right. I always won't wonder if there's a marshal, U.S. marshal, on board that plane. I don't mind a ride in his lap. It, 
I know, I don't want these other people sitting by me that don't look right. I know I don't look right, but some of them really don't look right. I, I mean, there's a faraway look in their eyes. Oh, yeah. But anyway, what has happened to us? Have we forgotten the things? What has our education taught us? Has it taught us how to live in civility one with another? Has it taught us anything? Has it taught us that we don't have a better friend than Jesus? There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. Will this precious friend ever forsake us? No, not one. Amen, Brother Marty. He's going with you all the way, brother. Oh, yeah. See, I'm here to tell you today, what is it that we learned? Have we learned anything at all? I just did a study about the status of the Bible, the state of the union in the Bible. And they say that they found the Bible and a copy of Darwin's Origins of Species in the zoo with this gargantuan. Mm-hmm, yeah. And they said, what are these two books you're doing in here? And that ferocious animal, big in size, said, well, in this book, the Bible, I'm trying to find out if I'm my brother's keeper. And in this other book, The Origin of Species, I'm trying to find out if I am my keeper's brother. <laughs> what are we learning? Are we learning, see, going to church, don't you love to go to church? I want to give you the best example. Boy, this is so good. Now, this is good. Boy, you, you need to hold somebody. It'll get too dramatic for you. Oh, she got him right now. What would you think if my wife had to beg me to come home overnight? And she'd say, oh, honey, the kids, they, they kind of forgotten who you were. Could you send a picture so they'd remember you and... Well, we really wish you'd come home tonight and, oh, we haven't seen you in such a long time. Wouldn't you like to come home? And I'd say, no, I don't want to come home. What would she think about it? My illustration is this. That would indicate to me that I probably have lost my love for my family, have I not? What about my church? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Does the pastor have to beg and cajole and try to persuade and incentivize? I'm trying to find all of these verbs that would advocate and make one want to go to church. What if the pastor would say this? Now, Brother Marty won't say it, but have you lost your first love for the church? Is there something down on the inside that's just not as once bright as it was? See, I want to go home. Nobody's forcing me with a gun to go home tomorrow night. Do you understand? I want to get home. I've got a little old sweet lady there. I hope she'll give me a kiss. I asked her the other day, I said, do you still love me? She said, I told you that once. If anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> but I, I, I want to go home. I love to go to church, don't you? How did we get educated to the fact that we don't need to go to church and study the Word of God? 
Have we been studying any? That's why somebody gets up and that says every tub sits on its own bottom and somebody says, praise God. <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? Or somebody says, well, charity begins at home. Sounds good. But have we been reading the manual very much lately? I, now I'm, I'm preaching to myself. Boy, I need to read more. I need to study more. I need to get acquainted with the Word of God more. It's been a light unto my path, a lamp unto my path, and a light unto my feet. Is that the way it is with you? It educated me. I'm studying to shew thyself approved. I want to get familiar with it, don't you? We, uh, we had a guy down there in our neck of the woods and Somebody was up there and they went outside to this pine tree and somebody just took his knife out, made a big X on this pine tree. And the neighbor saw him and he said, what are you doing signing my name? Uh, they <laughs> now we have some, <laughs> we've got Sony's favorite preacher down in there that we're trying to get arranged, but that's an inside story. I'm just simply saying that what have we learned? What do we know about the second coming? What do we know about this blessed nation? What do we know about Christ's imminent return? Do you believe really that he's coming again? Yes. I know we say that, but do you believe it? Say amen. amen. Aren't you glad for it? Yes. I am, aren't you? Yes. Anybody got any loved ones on the other side? Praise God. I'm looking forward to that day when the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Let me hone this message in just a little bit. What have we learned about what's coming before us in the days to come? Are we going to trade in our sovereignty for government mandates? Are we going to let the government take control of the economy? I'm just glad I'm not getting all the government that I'm paying for, right? Right? Who was it said this? I believe it was one of the chief justices. He said, the power to tax is the power to destroy. What's happening to some of my friends up here? I'm not going to go into names for their own sake that are being uh, coerced and uh, getting threats and death threats because they're trying to have church. What's wrong with these governors like in Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, some of these other places, putting mandates on churches, telling churches that they can't meet. They're, de they're deciding who is essential and non-essential. Abortion mills are, oh, they're essential. We gotta kill babies. That's what it is, it's killing babies. You can put the euphemism however you want to, but it's destroying a baby, is it not? Here we're going to trade in our national sovereignty. I guess we're going to let the Chinese get more influence. We're going to surrender our Second Amendment rights. Thomas Jefferson said you only need the Second Amendment until somebody tries to take it away. 
What's going to happen? How ludicrous have we gotten when the people there defending their own property, a man and his wife, the lawyer and his wife, are now being wanted for defending their property. Have we become completely crazy? Are we going to support that? I believe that this ought to be a day of prayer. I love America. That's what I was teaching in Sunday school. You and I ought to flood this altar, praying and seeking God. Now, I'm telling you, this is not a Sunday school picnic. I've got five grandchildren. I'm not going to go into all that. I've got five great-grandchildren. Boy, I'm trying, to hold, I'm trying to be like that lady at Ash Franklin at the Constitutional Convention. She said, Mr. Franklin, what kind of a government do we have? He said, Madam, we have a republic if we can keep it. Are we going to keep it? Boy, you ought to be calling your neighbors and friends, telling them what you want them to do. You might say, well, they won't like it. They won't like it anyway. I've already decided I can't go on just what extended family members or others might think of me. I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm trying my best to stand for what I think America is. I don't want Hugh Hefner type living. I don't want a society where every man does what's right in his own eyes. I don't want to see the family destroyed. I don't want to see this economy destroyed. I don't want to see our sovereignty destroyed. And I certainly don't want to see a Supreme Court where they can basically put us under a mandate that we have to do whatever they want us to do. I'm telling you here today, the founding fathers, John Leland, that great trip yesterday. John Leland, those people, the anti-federalist, Jefferson was one of those. They didn't want a strong central government. They didn't want a government that could uh, just take away your rights. They say that when the Frenchman de Tocqueville came here in 1820, supposedly, some say he didn't say it, but I'll, I'll use it as though he did. De Tocqueville said, I went out into the harbors. I went out into the farmers, uh, uh, the hamlets and the villages, and I saw the farms. I saw the agrarian localities, and I searched for the greatness of America. But he said, when I went and saw the pulpits aflame with preachers preaching on righteousness and judgment to come, I knew that America was all right. He said, America's great because America's good. And if it ever ceases to be good, it will cease to be great. When we take God out of the equation, when we decide that there, is no, there are no standards, no absolutes, when we destroy the family, I'm afraid, friends, we will not, we will not survive it. I want to give you one illustration and I'm through. In 1925, Brother Marty, there was a serious outbreak, I think it was, of smallpox away up in the northern parts of Alaska. You can Google it. And they had the medicine that they wanted to get there to that far distant place. It might have been around Barrow. I was in Barrow last year. But I don't know whether it would have been at Nome or Barrow, one of those little places up there. And the uh, Iditarod, or that 
the, the dogs and the sleds were trying to get the medicine up there. And they say that it was the worst conditions that they, as far as they know, has ever existed in that part of Alaska. But a man team got with those dogs and they say that he got so weary in the journey that he could hardly hang on. They say that he would have the strength at times to say, on huskies, on huskies, on, on, on huskies. But he arrived with the medicine. And some said, they asked him why. He said, I've got a granddaughter that lives up here. I've got some grandkids. I wish you'd help pray for my family that we could be sure and find the solution. And I know what the medicine is. It's the word of God, Brother Marty. It's turning to Christ. This thing will not be solved because we have more legislation or more adjudication. It'll be solved when righteousness exalteth a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Oh, please, be like Naboth in the Bible when he told the wicked king Ahab, my vineyard's not for sale. My home's not for sale. My heavenly home can't be sold. My heritage is not for sale. And my hope in Christ is not for sale. Praise God. Would you stand with us today? I want to do something today. I haven't asked Brother Schott, but as the good piano player comes, something kind of softly, Brother, I want to ask you before you sing a word, I'm in serious trouble today. I don't know how often you do this. But I wonder how many of you would come and say, Brother Andrew, ladies first. I want every lady, don't want any ladies left out. How many of you ladies will come forth and say, I'm praying for America. I'm praying for my home. I'm praying for our church. How many of you ladies are willing to do that? How many ladies will come right now and say, I'm praying. I'm praying for America. Don't want my home. Don't want my heritage. Look what a wonderful blessing this is, Pastor. All of these wonderful ladies coming today to pray. God bless. As they gather here and start praying, just pray, ladies. I want how many of you men will say, Preacher, count me in. I'm praying for America. I'm praying for God. How many of you men will Find your prayer partner right now. Find somebody to pray with. How many of you will do it? Come on, come on, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Boy, the stakes are too high. We're at the crossroads. Come and pray, come and pray. Would you do it today? Come and pray. Oh God, help us today. Can we count you in today? Come on up here, fellas, and bow if you will. Just bow and pray. Boy, this won't hurt you. It'll be good for you. Everybody now that's standing back here, that's, a, that, that's back here, how many of you will say, I'm a Christian? Would you hold your hand up? Are you sure? 
I mean, say, I don't know. I, I, I'm not just 100% sure. Would you raise your hand? I'm not 100% sure. Not 100%. Would you raise that hand? Is it well with your soul? Is it well with your soul? Is it well? Our Father in heaven today, oh God, we've tried. Lord, you are an awesome God. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. Thank you for these folks here. Oh, God, help us today. You know what's best. We're praying for our nation, praying for this church. Oh, God, what a beautiful sight to see all these folks praying. Lord, we thank you for them. Help them today, we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Now, don't go, don't go back anywhere. Get us that great song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Can we sing just a verse of it? And I want you to do this. Forget about social distancing today. Say a good word to somebody. Just say, thank God for you. Amen. <laughs>